Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I sense his presence in this house. Do you sense his presence tonight? Let's give him a clap offering, everybody. And so I shared with you this morning the journey that began several years ago when the Spirit of God would direct to me a question, the same question over and over again, what are you thirsty for? Pastoring a growing congregation in Brooklyn, I thought I was doing well. The church was growing. People were getting saved. We were meeting our budget, paying our assessment. And yet every time I dropped to my knees in prayer, that question came, what are you thirsty for? I recognized as I shared this morning that God was drawing me nearer, seeking to draw me closer to himself. And that began a journey, a journey that first went upward. As the deer pants after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. As a result of the journey that I began, my local church also took that journey because the Lord began to say to me, there are three things I want you to focus on. First, availability for solitude. Intentional isolation from others and planned availability to God. And so my prayer life changed. I believe that God wanted me to pray more, and so I told the church this. And members in the church decided, let's have prayer meetings at 5 o'clock. At 5 o'clock in the morning in Brooklyn, believers were coming. Many did not have cars. They took the subway. They got in a taxi, but they made it to the church. Could you believe we were having 45 people at church at 5 o'clock in the morning? And this continued. And we began to find other times for prayer. Our prayer lives changed. And as we began to pray more, God began to do some awesome things in the church. Availability for solitude. And then attention to meditation. The Lord began to help me to understand that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And we are, as believers, ought to not only know the word, but live the word. But if we're going to do it, we must first know it. And so I began to see that the Bible is God's compass for you and I. And if we are to live effectively and if we are to overcome and not be overcome, we need to become students of the word. And then adoration. That worship was not limited to just Sunday, but every day of the week, I could worship God. That anywhere I was, I could worship God. That I could worship him in my car, in a van, on the bus, on a train. Worship became a part of my life. So I'm no longer waiting for Sunday to worship. I worship every day. My life changed. The congregation changed, and Brooklyn began to change because God began a work in one heart. What are you thirsty for? 
spiritual principles or disciplines were encouraged by the Lord. And I began to research spiritual disciplines. What are they? Well, they are simply Christian practices that encourage spiritual growth and spiritual formation. They are life patterns that direct us to God and disciple us more fully into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And so I discovered if I'm going to be effective, I must be selective. Spiritual disciplines are essential. And every believer in this auditorium tonight, if your desire is to grow in God, you must embrace spiritual disciplines. If you believe it, would you say amen? The journey upward. But I'd like to take you a little further tonight. Can I do that? I'd like to talk to you about the inward journey. Not only is the journey upward, the journey is also inward. And as we examine the scripture, we see a very good example before us, a young man by the name of Daniel. And I've been in Daniel, and I'll stay there until I leave. Daniel chapter 5 and verse 12 is our key verse for tonight. Hear the word of the Lord. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him, whom the king, Nebuchadnezzar thy father, the king, I say, thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans and soothsayers. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and light to our path. Holy Spirit of God, we invite you to come and to use me. Pour me out, fill me, and do what you alone can do. Thank you for what will be accomplished tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody says, Amen. Daniel, we read this morning, Daniel 1.8, where Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat or drink. And so as a young teenager, Daniel and several of his friends were taken to Babylon in the first group of captives. And this was around 605 B.C. It was there that Daniel was trained trained and prepared to stand in the court of the king. Daniel, a young man, but a man who had purpose, a man who committed himself to purity. For the word says in Daniel 1.8 that he purposed not to be defiled. A wonderful example for us today. God calls us to not only live life on purpose, but he calls us to purity. Amen, somebody. And so as we look at the life of Daniel, Daniel is portrayed as a distinctly committed and humble man. And we see how God would have used him wonderfully throughout his years. His ways were committed to God. And his life was so blameless that when his jealous enemies thought of something that they could accuse him of, the only thing they could speak about was his prayer life. 
Daniel was a man who committed himself to prayer. He was a man who embraced spiritual disciplines. And I believe that if he was blessed as a result of his lifestyle, there are lessons that we can learn from him tonight. The inward journey. The inward journey is a call to consecration. Hear the word of the Lord. He calls us to consecration in the book of Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. The call to consecration is a call that is being made tonight. As we examine the Word of God, we discover that the word consecration is the act of setting apart and setting aside any person or thing to the worship or service of God. God calls each and every one of us to live the consecrated life. When we examine the Old Testament, we see where the firstborn of both man and beast was consecrated to God. Consecration, it is a word that is not often spoken of today. People often talk about self-will and the freedom to do as they choose. But God's desire is that our wills be yielded to him and our lives bring honor and glory to his name. There were consecrations that were voluntary. And these were called vows. And even though they were voluntary, my friends, once they were made to God, it was expected that that vow be fulfilled. Numbers chapter 30 and verse 2 says, If a man vow a vow unto the Lord or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. Hannah was a wonderful example. A woman who desired a child and made a vow to God. Oh God, if you give me a man child, I will dedicate him to your service. And when the child was weaned, we read of how Hannah would take Samuel to Eli. And what a wonderful example Samuel became. A man that stood in his office, a man that ruled, a man that became a bridge. A man that was a wonderful example of service to God. And so tonight, God calls us to the consecrated life. It is an inward journey. It is a journey, my friends, that every believer needs to undertake. And as we examine this journey, you will see the benefits of it. The consecrated life is first a sacrificial life. In Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, hear the word of the Lord. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. The sacrificial life. I want you to know tonight that following Jesus Christ is not always easy or comfortable. My friends, it may mean at times the loss of friendships. It's going to cost you something 
to follow Jesus all the way. But I want you to know that there is no other way but to go all the way with the Lord. You see, following Jesus calls for sacrifice. Are you willing to make the sacrifice tonight? As we examine the Word of God, we see where God deals and speaks specifically about certain things in our sacrificing to Him. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. In time past, we would have had to take a turtle dove or a lamb or, or some offering. But today, God calls for the sacrifice of our bodies. Let's examine what this means. We are asked to present our bodies. God demands the believer's body. God is not only interested in our spirit and soul, but he is interested, my friends, in our body. It means, my friends, that he is calling us to understand that we are not to serve self and to live as unto ourselves, doing what we wish and what we desire and what we choose. He calls us to surrender our body. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body. The inward journey is a journey to consecration. And in my consecration, I must sacrifice myself. God says, present your body. Lay it upon the altar. And so, my friends, I am not to live as unto myself. Also, I am not to live just for others, living for my family or living for my wife or living for my children. No, God calls me first to live for him. Present your body. Offer your body to God. God is saying your hands are not yours to do as you choose. And your eyes are not yours to look upon what you desire. And your mind is not yours to think about whatever you choose. Oh no, my body belongs to him. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And the Bible goes on to say, He stamped his image, his image, the image of God. God was placed upon the body of man. That image was marred when sin came into the world. But because of the sacrifice of Christ, that image can now be restored. And so God's desire is that we be image bearers, that we bear his image wherever we are. Present your body, the inward life, the life of consecration is a life of sacrifice. It is a life that God calls us to present our bodies. But that's not all. The Bible says, as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice means a constant, continuous sacrifice. Not just an occasional dedication of one's body. Oh no, my friends, it is not one committing himself to God today 
and then tomorrow taking control of himself and doing as he or she chooses. No, it's not that. It is a constant, continuous yielding to God, a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice means a sacrifice of a person's body wherever that person might be. So I'm not only godly at home. I'm not only godly around people who know me. But my friends, even at college, I can represent Jesus. If you believe it to be true, would you say amen? I said, even when I'm away from home, even when I'm away from the people that know me, I can represent my God because I have yielded my body as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice means that the body sacrifices its own desires and live for God. The body lives a righteous, pure, clean, and moral life. My friends, my body is not polluted by what I see or by what I do. No, my body, my, the members of my body, I have yielded to God. Present your body as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice means that the body lives for God by serving God. He calls us not only to salvation and not only to sanctification, but he calls us to service. And many of you are now being prepared, and you may not even be fully aware of all that God will do through you, but as you yield yourself to him, as you experience the inward journey and make that total consecration to God, the sky is the limit as to what God can do with you and through you. If you believe it, would you say amen? Oh, my friends, the call of God today is a call to consecration. It's the sacrificing of one's body. It's the yielding of one's life. And as we look at Daniel, we see how God blessed and prospered him as he faithfully served him. The inward journey is a call to consecration. It is the sacrificing of one's life, but that's not all. The inward journey, my friends, is also an experience of the spirit-filled life. In Daniel, we read, there is a man in thy kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy gods is. Oh, my friends, those who were around Daniel recognized that there was something distinct and unique about this man. This man had the Spirit of God upon him. This man was operating in the wisdom of the Spirit. Hear what we read. We read, this is a man in thy, there is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the Spirit of the holy gods. I want every person in this auditorium to know that the desire of God is to fill you with his Holy Spirit. I thank God for the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the one who is co-equal and co-eternal with God the Father and God the Son. He is the one who leads and guides us into all truth. He is the spiritual presence of Christ in the world.
and he is available today for each and every one of us. He is called our paraclete. He comes alongside us and enables us to stand. He comes alongside us and fills us with God's wisdom and knowledge. He is available to the church. I thank God for the presence of God the Holy Spirit, even in this auditorium tonight. If you believe is here, he is here. Would you give him a clap offering somebody? In Judges chapter 14 and verse 6, this is what we read. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. Oh, my friends, the power of God is found in the Spirit of God. That's why the Bible says, it is not by might nor by the eloquence of men, but it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that the work of God is done in the world. And when we are filled with the Spirit of God, he, God enables us to have power to live above, to conquer to overcome, to be victorious and not a victim. If you believe it, would you give the Lord a clap offering in this house? Oh, I thank God for the presence of the Spirit. The Spirit-filled life is a powerful life. But we read not only of the Spirit giving power. The Bible says in the book of Exodus chapter 31 from verse 2 through 4, the Spirit gives wisdom. Hear the word of the Lord. See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. The Spirit of God not only gives power, the Spirit of God gives wisdom. And in a time when wisdom is so needed, isn't it good to know it is available to you and I in the person of the Holy Spirit? That's why the Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. We need the wisdom of God, don't we? I think Washington needs the wisdom of God, don't they? I think all over this country and all over the world, our leaders need the wisdom of God. And it is available, praise God, in the person of God, the Holy Spirit. Can you give the Lord some, some, some praise this evening? The inward journey, it's a call to the consecrated life. God calls you and I to yield our bodies, to surrender our lives, to place ourselves on the altar, to experience the infilling of his Holy Spirit. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, hear the word of the Lord. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. This is a most striking verse. It helps us to understand how God thinks or what the Father thinks of the Spirit. He calls him treasure. He is of great value. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. I thank God for the treasure that lives in you and lives in me. 
Amen, somebody. I thank God. God's presence is a treasure, a precious, a precious and priceless treasure. Imagine God's presence placed in vessels that are weak, vessels that are corruptible, vessels that are perishable. God's presence placed in the believer causes that believer to overcome. The purpose of his treasure in us is so that we can overcome in our own selves. Doesn't matter how long we have been saved or what our position or title may be in ourselves. We cannot overcome. But when God, the Holy Spirit, lives in us and is directing our lives, my friends, he empowers the believer to overcome. And so the Bible speaks of the excellency of the power. It is a picture of the grandeur and the glory and the preeminence of his power. And this power is available to every believer. When that life is yielded, when Christ is invited to not only be Savior, but Lord, he comes in his fullness and he empowers the believer. It's a journey, an inward journey. It's coming to that place where the total, a total surrender is made. It's no longer I that live, but now Christ lives in me. My stubborn will, I have yielded. No longer what I want to do but it's what would you have me do? This may not be for everybody, but it's for somebody. A journey of consecration. And so Daniel was willing to make the sacrifice. He was willing to open his windows and pray, even though he knew it was going to cost him something. And following Christ today is no different. It's going to cost you something. Daniel was willing to make the sacrifice. And as we look at his life, we see what God did. Several premiers, several leaders would come and go, and Daniel would remain in position. Not only was his life a sacrificial life, not only did this man have the experience of having the Spirit of God upon him, and I say upon him because before the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God came upon men and women who loved God. But thanks be to God, now the Spirit of God dwells within the believer. Amen? Aren't you glad? Isn't that wonderful that he's not just upon me, but he lives within me? And because he lives within me, he is able to empower me to do as he desires. Not only did he have the experience of the Spirit of God resting upon him, but as you look at his life, you see that it was a successful life. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, here is what we read. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes which should 
be over the entire kingdom. And of these three, Daniel was first. Of the three presidents that were set in place, Daniel was first. I believe that the life that is totally yielded to God, God will do as he desires with that life. And I believe that God wants and is looking for men and women who will be examples. Men and women of character. Men who will do the right thing when nobody else is looking. Men whose life will be totally yielded to God. Men and women who are willing to make that sacrifice. God gave Daniel the strength to endure. And God will help you to endure as your life is yielded to him. God gave Daniel the strategy to excel. And God will help you to excel as you seek first his kingdom. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first. He must be first. What are you thirsty for? There are many tonight who are thirsty. They thirst for things that will one day grow old. Some thirst for positions which will one day be taken away. I want to encourage you, thirst after Jesus. As the deer pants after the water brook, so panteth my soul. It's not only an upward journey, it's an inward journey, a yielding of self. A surrendering of your all. He calls you tonight to make this inward journey. I believe that there are many here tonight who are ready to make that journey. A journey into a life of consecration. The surrendering of self. The surrendering of ambitions and dreams. Lord, it's not what I want to do, but it's what you would have me do. If that is your desire tonight, to take that journey into the life of consecration, to yield your all to him, can I invite you to stand right where you are? Someone has said, the world is yet to see what God will do through a life that is totally consecrated to him. The world is yet to see. You don't know how far God will take you. I often say, or someone has said, that sin will take you farther than you ever planned to go and keep you longer than you ever planned to stay. Well, the same is true for righteousness. That serving God and making that total commitment to God 
my friends, he will take you farther than you ever thought you could go. He would open doors and provide opportunities that you never thought possible because the world is yet to see what God will do through a consecrated 